The interviews and discussions in this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, is sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, a leading Australian corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Focused on your vision, Barclay Pierce specialises in making it a successful reality. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stock Insiders with me, Oriel Morrison. Now, today we're delving into the world of medtechs with a look at a company called Osteopore. Now, Osteopore is essentially a natural tissue regeneration specialist, and it's developing a new technology that enables widespread adoption of tissue engineering. So to break this all down, we're going to have a conversation about Osteopore, which is listed in Australia, by the way, the ASX code is OSX. Uh, market cap of the time of recording is around about 20.5 million Australian dollars. So joining us right now is Mark Leong, the chairman of Osteopore. Mark, welcome. Thanks, Ariel. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure to have you with us today. Now, before we delve into the complex world of medtech and Osteopore, how were you introduced to the company and why is it so attractive? Because I had a look at your background and I noticed you specialize in financial accounting. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a very good question. Well, I'm I'm the um, I've been told many times that I'm the most unaccountant accountant you can find. Right? <laughs> Everybody telling me I'm breaking the mold of your typical accountant. So I spent the f- the first ten years of my career being your typical accountant, doing your you know big four audits and um, moving into the commercial world of uh, accounting, and then moving on to C suites of various listed companies. And as much as I love accounting and auditing, I felt some passion and drive towards the business side of things. So the, my latter 10 years, I really spent uh, going into more business development, general management and strategy. So moving to other C-suite roles that was outside of the uh, your typical CFO role. Um, and I started working on, um, as you can see from my, my background, I, I spent a lot of time on several listed companies in Singapore. Mm. Um, I'm always on the audit committee because of my my background in audit and accounting for the first ten years. So so that's always why I'm I'm uh, usually the audit committee chair on mm. the various listed com- companies. But um, spend time doing a lot of uh, corporate exercises, um, you know, acquisitions, divestments, and things like that. And um, I have uh, taken a leaning towards um, interesting tech companies. So the the tech ecosystem in Singapore is quite vibrant. Um, uh, many many companies are moving into interesting fintechs, uh, consumer tech, health techs, med techs, things like that. So it's a space that I always liked. And uh, Osteopore, it's actually, before I joined Osteopore, Osteopore is a fairly well-known company in Singapore. It got its uh, patents and founders from our major university, NUS. They set up shop, grew, and uh, obviously got listed on the AXX two years ago. Uh, and they were achieving nice milestones and making everybody pretty proud, you know, um, global first in uh, doing a uh, patching up bones on the skull, you know, doing 60,000 procedures to date. And um, it was something that got everyone excited in the medical community and the tech community. So I got to know the, the founders and the people behind Osteopore. Well, primarily doing the uh, the start of COVID, started spending time talking to them, and I uh, got very interested in the technology. And you know, chemistry is always an important 
important part of getting to know people and um and they offered me a um uh, opportunity to to join up right um i think Australpo is a very exciting business the technology is is is, is strong it, it provides an opportunity to do good right there there's passion behind the people so i i saw a great opportunity to accelerate the growth of Australpo right um both organically and inorganically right it is a one of those rare small companies where it's on the crops of uh being able to play an important role globally. So I, I was uh, asked to join as a non-exec director at for a start, spend lots of time talking to the people, customers, and obviously the guys behind Ostropo got more and more enthused and excited as time gone by. And when the opportunity came to become an executive, um, I grabbed it with both hands. Mm. Um, and it's exciting. I mean, every day is a, is a, it's, a, it's a new new opportunities come 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 along and uh, yeah it's in, no regrets it it is an exciting it's a hugely exciting company so for all of our listeners out there mark t- tell us a little bit about it because you've you you've done i mean the technology's already there you've already commercialized um, products to the market which are being used so talk to us from your perspective and, and tell us about osteopore well to really bring it down to the uh, to the layperson on the street what osteopore does is really to aid the body's own natural regenerative abilities to grow its own bone and tissues. So in the um, current uh, procedures, if you have, uh, you know, you patch up your bone, you've got a broken bone or something is cracked somewhere, you've got to do a replacement. You use uh, bone grafts or use permanent implants. Right? That's the current modus operandi. And what doc- surgeons and doctors have been trained for many, many years. Um, the weaknesses with these current processes are that for bone, bone grafts, you know, you got to harvest bone from another part of the body. Unfortunately, there's usually pain involved in that and nobody likes pain. And then you have potential complications because, um, you know, your body could actually absorb the bone graft. So, you know, you don't really patch up your, your, your gaps where you want the bone to grow. For permanent implants, you're really putting in different materials into your body. Uh, they are fairly permanent in nature. They are not natural. So there are some risks of complications, post-surgery complications. So historic, I think uh, statistically, well, uh, broadly, it's, it ranges from you know, 9 to 30% of uh, potential surgical complications when you use these two methods. What Osteoboot does is we have our own special 3D printed material that mimics the structure and the microstructure of a bone Right, we put it in. It allows cells and blood to be absorbed into the structure. We, we, we implant it into where we need the bone to grow, and it enhances the, the accelerates the bone, the, the body's natural ability to regrow its own tissues and, and bones. And we, in twenty eight, sorry, eighteen to twenty four months. The the scaffold naturally dissolves into water, carbon dioxide, leaving strong healthy bone so it's really natural it doesn't there is the the complications are i think you know 0.3 percent statistically so it's a really friendly process um, less painful and you get your own you grow own healthy uh, healthy bone so that's why i i'm so excited about, about this uh technology 
And these scaffolds that you're talking about, they're 3D printed as well. So that's almost innovation on top of innovation. Absolutely. We have our material, which is unique and it's 3D printed. So we could customize uh, implant scaffoldings for, for any, most situations, right? And there is bags of, um, look, Osteopro has bags of uh, IP and patents bagging it and supporting its technology. And there is even, you mentioned the 3D printing, that's, that's uh, intellectual property that's not even you know, in the books, right? Our, we create, we set up our own 3D printers. We don't buy it off the shelf, right? And only with this 3D printing technology, we are able to print the microstructures that are required for the scaffolding. There's no other production process that allows you to, to create such a scaffolding. So do you call this tissue engineering? Tissue regeneration, that's what we like to call it. We tissue. empower tissue regeneration. Mm. Now, you've been granted patents um, for this. You've also you had a, granted a European patent uh, earlier in the year, and last year you were granted a patent in China uh, for these biometric scaffolds. How important is that to you and to the business going forward? Well, it's, it's, it's of great importance, Aurel. Look, um, I think... I think the investing public need to understand the nature of the business, right? We, we are not, you know, selling consumables in Coles, Bunnings, supermarkets where, you know, you, 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 you produce a thousand pieces and it flies off the shelf. Mm. Ours is a medical device. So you need, first of all, you need to have clinical trials to show it works. And then you need to have the regulatory approvals, which rightfully takes time. And then you got to educate the distributors, the hospitals, and the surgeons to use it. So it's always a process. Um, and to be, a, to be a positive, it's an economic moat to our business. And it's, the good thing is Oshipo's technology helps to regrow tissue. In this case, largely in this moment, bones. So, you know, you got bones in every part of your body, so it's applicable to the entire body. However, medically, Right. If it's on the skull, it's one application, one clinical trial, a single, a separate process. If it's on the shoulder, orthopedics, it's on dental. These are all different processes to go, to go through. So us getting access into the US, European, Chinese market, these major markets, getting our craniofacials products out, it would, our dental applications would follow. Our orthopedic applications would follow. These are major steps that needs to happen to bring our products into the market and all the various applications into the market. So these are exciting developments for us. Mm, and the particular, the one in China, brings you access to this, this particular market, which is a fairly significant portion of the global craniofacial market, if I'm correct. Absolutely. We, we set up shop in Suzhou, the Suzhou Industrial Park, with uh, our Singapore National Research Agency, A-STAR. We also have some, uh, some, some, some work being done in, in Hong Kong. As we know, Hong Kong is, you know, has, if you get, if you get uh, approvals in Hong Kong, it accelerates the path into China. So the Chinese market is, is huge, as you pointed out. So yeah, we're pretty excited about that. Mm. Now, you've also recently announced a, a partnership with um, some of the Singaporean institutions, world leading, in fact, Agency for Science, Technology and Research, the National Dental Centre. And this is, a, this is a significant agreement. I mean, this is a $19 million partnership. What, what will this partnership do? Yeah, so, so this is, this is uh, us um, executing our plans to broaden the applications of our technology. 
So the dental implant market is huge, right? It's, uh, I think, in excess of a billion dollars globally. Um, instead of using the current processes for, for replacing teeth, our, our scaffold will encourage vertical bone growth, which is a very, which is very superior process to the currently how it works. I mean, like you said, it's a very meaty grant. 19 million is uh, it's not a small sum. And uh, the partners we have are all the leading uh, universities and research institutions in Singapore. So right now, um, we are, it's basically enhancing and fine-tuning the processes. We are able to do dental implants using our scaffolds in Singapore. So this would really accelerate our process, fine-tune it. And uh, as we go through this process for the next couple of years, uh, the findings and the new processes will be a launch pad for us to bring our dental implants to the other markets as well. Mm. Now, now, obviously, in, in your area of expertise and in, in the world of, of medicine, um, there are various regulations that you need to go through in various countries. Um, you would have to do that in you know, differently in various parts of the world um, to get your product to market. So what are the regulatory hurdles that you're facing at the moment? I, I think the world of uh, the regulatory processes for, for, for medical devices is uh, evolving. I think the European market has, uh, is, 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 is changing. You know, you've got your CE mark, you've got your MDR. Um, so there's a lot of work and additional submissions that you need, a lot of surveillance pre- and post-procedures. So these are actually taking up considerable resources. Um, but look, like I said, I think all these things uh, actually brings up our moat of our business. Right, uh, we are in, in this market, so it's uh, compared to a brand new application or new technology, I think we, we will be a bit faster to, to the finishing line. Um, we are already in, in, in US with our FDA. And that helps once you are in Europe and in US, um, you know, chances are the rest of the, uh, the other countries are fairly uh, easier to get in. So um, it's all good. We are all for, for regulation, right? It just makes the, the world a safer place. Um, it does take time, but you know, we respect the process. Mm. So, so where is your focus area geographically then? I mean, obviously, Singapore, Europe, China, as we've talked about, uh, US. Um, but when you look at your geographic spread, where, where would your, your primary focus area be? Our focus has been on the US and Europe. Very recently, obviously, as you have noted, we have uh, gotten some headway into China. Um, another major market which have been uh, knocking our doors is India. Mm. So, you know, these four regions are, are huge, right? Mm. Um, and and, and these, these markets have always been our, our focus. However, you know, as, as, uh, I mean, I don't mean to, to bring up, you know, what, what everybody already knows. Um, the last 18 months have been impacted by COVID somewhat. And it has, in fact, affected our plan somewhat because, you know, we rely on reaching out to hospitals, distributors and surgeons, talking to them, teaching them, training them, imparting the, the experiences we have from the 60,000 procedures we have done. So this usually requires face-to-face -face interactions and things like that. So for the past 18 months, you know, that has, uh, with the travel restrictions and things like that, when hospitals are prioritizing other things, right? Uh, repairing bones, unless it's critical, it's always been uh, deferred. So that has slowed us down somewhat. But the good news is, you know, I think borders are opening. 
we are easing into a post-COVID environment and we are seeing demand coming back, right? Um, we are a young listed company. We started out in 2019, you know, 400,000 sales. We were pretty happy with that, generally speaking, because for small micro med tech companies, we are actually, you know, generating sales post-revenue. Mm. 2020, we jumped to 1.5 million. I think that's almost a fourfold increase. And then COVID came, right? So the last financial year, we clocked about 1.1. So I think looking, considering the circumstances, we only, we only dropped 30%. Mm. So the recent quarters and uh, all the books coming in, uh, obviously I can't disclose any forecast statements or real, but mm. we are seeing momentum coming back and we are, we are excited to, to get back to the pre-COVID upward trend towards orders and interest into our products. Mm. Now, question for you on, on geography. Um, your R&D and your manufacturing plant, um, correct me if I'm wrong, are in Singapore, but you listed in Australia. What, why is that? Well, you're correct. Most of our uh, facilities and people are in Singapore. Mm. Well, we listed in Australia because um, I think the, as we did our rounds, well, from what I understand from the, uh, the, the people behind Australia, this was before my time with them. Um, mm. they, they, they obviously uh, went around different key capital markets, obviously Singapore, Australia, Hong Kong. And after doing a few rounds and talking to people, it became very apparent that Australia was the most suitable market to list. Um, in the other words, the Aussie market seemed to be able to appreciate the technology, the, 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 the tech platform uh, very quickly. Um, AXX has had many successful uh, smallish tech companies listed or generally technology companies listed and uh, have done well. So it became a very obvious pull towards Australia. And, having said, and, and beyond that, I think there was a lot of collaborations with Australian surgeons and, and things like that. So it made a lot of sense after, after a while. Mm, mm. So, Mark, can we expect uh, any big announcements in the near future? I mean, obviously, you can't give anything away being a listed <laughs> company. But what sort of year can we, can we expect? You've talked about you know, going back to those pre pre-COVID trajectory levels, but what can we expect from osteopor this year? Well, Oreo, you're going to get me in trouble by giving <laughs> forecasts. You know, I've got to be careful and keep my wits about myself now. Yeah, let's try not to. Well, look, um, we are very excited. I think um, 2022, 2023 is going to be a, a very exciting year for, for osteopor. We are looking to resume the pre-COVID upward trend in terms of operations, numbers, whatever you call it, sales. That's what we believe. And, and we have announced that, right? We, the the pre-COVID numbers should be coming back. Um, so that's organic, right? Like I said, we are going to making sure we're going to hit the US markets, Europe, China, and, th- and regions like that. And we are also now exploring inorganic opportunities. And that's where I come in because I have some experience in all this corporate exercises and things like that. Um, early days, right? So no forecast statement, but it's an area we think there's considerable opportunities to, to jumpstart on certain areas inorganically. Um, so yeah, um, look, Aurel, we, we, we are stewards of the company for short-term, medium-term, and long-term. So whilst we always look towards you know, expanding markets, 
bringing in more sales, um, you know, getting new applications approved, entering new markets, maybe even, you know, like you said, China and India. We also have to keep an eye on the future, right? So we are still investing into technology, right, to, to improve, further improve and fine-tune our manufacturing processes. And I think that is seen from our increasing gross profit margins. You know, we, used, we started out at 51%, now we are crossing 70 So, you know, when, when sales uh, grows, you know, this, this really helps in uh, increasing the cash flow and the profitability position of the company. And we are in Singapore, we are very close to many uh, research agencies in Singapore and, and beyond. We are doing collaborations with, you know, many big players in the, in, in the global scene. So we are having lots of angles to, to tweak our technology, to increase the compounds, the materials we used, to enhance and speed up the bone growth process. We recently announced a tie with uh, an AI company. So we are also leveraging on AI to even speed up the design of our implants to a couple of minutes with increased accuracy. So it's a nonstop grind, you know, there's, um, we keep looking to improve. Mm. Yeah, well, very much looking forward to uh, keeping an eye on how you go this year, Mark. Um, it sounds like it's going to be an interesting year ahead. So we'd love to catch up again in the next uh, sort of six months and see where you're at. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Aria. Appreciate it. Mark Leong with us there, Chair of Osteopor. And of course, to all of our listeners, thanks for joining us as well here on Stock Insiders with me, Oriel Morrison. Have a great day, everyone. We'll catch you next time. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, was sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, Australia's leading corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Barclay Pierce Capital provides specialised corporate advisory and equities trading services to privately owned businesses, small to medium-sized public and ASX-listed companies.